Sometimes when the kids aren't getting along, there's some impact on how you and your spouse communicate with each other. Golly, I remember when we had four, five, six kids in the house, and if, if some of them were fighting, I would come unhinged. I need calm. And so my dealing with that is not calm. It's, it's <laughs> I get triggered, I get angry, I start trying to take control, and my voice escalates. And that tends to trigger Dina, and she does the same thing back. And then we're in this cycle of, yeah. I don't know, yeah. And, and I think at some point the kids just wander off because, like, <laughs> our job here is done. We can go on and, and wait until another time to create more chaos. Well, I'm John Fuller along with Greg and Aaron Smalley. We're just going to breathe right now. I get a little emotional just thinking about that. It's been years yeah. since yeah. That, ha- that has happened, of course. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, what are some of the ways that um, you can relate or that you've worked through those kinds of scenarios in your relationship with Aaron? I heard someone once say that I've seen the enemy of marriage and they're little. <laughs> yes. and, and, to well, your point, and they're big, too. <laughs> and and they definitely can be big. Our, our, at one time, our two oldest daughters um, were it was probably a holiday. They, mm-hmm. they were both home, and there's a really great guest room upstairs. Then there's the basement, and it has a couple other rooms. But definitely, that's that's the prize room that that our kids always fight over. And this one time, boy, they just it, they came unhinged and just got into just this brutal. Just conflict, you know, you always get the room. No, I want the room. You had it last time. I did not. And it, it, it got so out of control. And I think, John, like you were saying, it, that, that, that's so stressful. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I hey, feel my heart rate yeah. rising just, even <laughs> you replaying that. Yeah. Well, you know, we're wanting that connection, and and oftentimes over holidays we're hoping that you know that'll make up for some of the disconnect that we felt as a family. So just as they get into this that kind of a conflict, th- then I think I snapped it, Aaron. And we were, you know, all of a sudden in an argument. Well, and or, I always like to say, so what are you going to do? How are you going to fix this? <laughs> oh, which I hate refereeing yeah, our I do children. Too. Or, you know, or or it can even, not only can we, you know, the tension bother us, kind of like you were saying, but even how we choose then to handle that, we may disagree. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden Aaron and I are in a big argument. Everything's up here at a really high emotional level. Let's go ahead and hear from Ron Deal and Gary Chapman, who have a lot of great insights uh, about this specific topic and how it affects blended families. And here now are uh, Ron and Gary with Jim Daly. Gary and Ron, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Good it to was, be back. It was so good. I really, you know, just the thoughts that you planted, the seeds that you planted in my mind, I know they're resonating with people. Uh, we did talk about cultivating love in a blended family. That's what this is all about, right? Right. Um, especially and even in the face of that competition description, Ron, that you gave us, you know, there's always this underlying competition that my mom shouldn't be spending that much time mm-hmm. with that stepdad and, you know, the stepfather saying those kids are are taking too much time from my new wife. I want to spend time with her. I think in some ways those are normal feelings, but they can be extremely dangerous and harmful to the relationships, right? That's the bottom line. Let's just start with that nugget. Why is it important to back up and understand the environment you're in in that moment? Well, it's helpful to know what's going on in a child's heart. You know, one of the things occurs to me that we didn't mention is, you know, 
step-siblings are kind of competing with each other for their biological parent. Imagine a child. I get two weekends a month with my dad, and when I'm at my dad's house, I have to share my dad with my stepmom and my stepmom's three other children, my step-siblings. And so there's four people spending time with my dad when it used to just be our time with dad and it was just us. I mean, that's a natural huge adjustment that a child has to make. How do I make room for all these new people in my heart? And when I'm desperately holding on to what I used to have and what really matters most to me, my dad. And so how do I navigate that? For a step-parent to step back and go, that's just silly. I don't know why you're worried about that. Well, you're not stepping into the child's shoes in that moment. This is not to say that you let a child be disrespectful in a tone or an attitude because of what's going on inside them. No, you don't have to endure that, but it is helpful if you jump into their shoes and go, you know what, I think I'd be wrestling with all of this too. How do I approach this child in a loving way? Yeah, that is really good. I, I'm thinking of that, you know, you're, if you're connected biologically to the father and this is your stepmom and the other child is connected to mom biologically, mm-hmm. Those kids can have some really terrible conversations, yeah. right? Yeah. Your mom is no good. Right. Or your dad's terrible to my mom. Yeah. It's all those kinds of things that can occur. And let's make sure we present the other side because sometimes step siblings absolutely adore one another. They all love football and they me- immediately right. have something to come around together. And I, yeah, I've never had a sister before. This is great. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good that happens in the midst of all of this. And really, that's one other element here. There's good and hard at the same time. It's not all good or all bad. Yeah. It's often both simultaneously, mm-hmm. which is just confusing as you're trying to figure this out, whether you be a child or an adult. What are some ways to build that relationship uh, within the siblings? What can you do as a parent to orchestrate, if I could say that, mm-hmm. and hopefully not manipulate, mm-hmm. but orchestrate an environment where the connection can be enhanced? One of the things Gary and I talk about in the book is you can't make anybody love anybody. We all know that. Yeah, that's right. You can't make your child love their child, but you can create a climate where it's more likely that they will figure out a way to be friendly, friends, family with one another. That'll be the process, right? And so what does that climate look like? Well, we expect you to treat each other well. (laughs) You don't treat your brother or your stepbrother that way. I'm sorry, knock it off, right? Boundaries and correction and the expectation of kindness within your home. Um, Hey, it's so-and-so's birthday. We're all getting involved with this. Uh, Let's all celebrate Johnny today. Susie's got a concert at school. We're all going. We're jumping in. Step-sibling or otherwise, we do things to support each other. That's sending messages of, hey, in this (laughs) crockpot, we love each other, we take care of each other. You don't have to have a deep heart, intimate relationship with your step-sibling. We're not demanding that, but we are going to treat each other with kindness. Gary, it it poses this question as a parent, hopefully a God-following parent who wants that harmony in their home. How can you teach the siblings age appropriately about the love languages uh, what do you say to them to encourage them to know your brother's love language this is what he likes well i do think that's important it's another way of kind of bringing them together and the fact is everybody needs love Mm. 
I don't care how young you are, how old you are, or what's happened in your past. Everybody needs love. Well, the Lord did say, love your neighbor yeah, and absolutely. love your God. I Abs- mean, it was kind of like the core thing. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so if we could have a family discussion about the whole concept of, you know, I know we've all been through a lot of things. You know, you've lost your mother, uh, but we're together now. And we want to learn how to love each other. Yeah. And I think we choose to love, but then we learn how to love. And discuss the five love languages, five different ways to love people. Refresh our mind yeah. on those. Yeah. Well, one is words of affirmation, uh, giving positive words. One is uh, giving gifts. One is acts of service, doing something for each other. And in a step family, it could be this uh, stepson is helping this sibling now uh, with a project that they're working on. It's yeah. just doing something to help each other. Uh, and then there's uh, physical touch and quality time, uh, giving your undivided attention. So if they understand, you know, uh, dad has a love, your stepdad has a love language, and mom, I have a love language, and you have a love language, and we're going to you know, go through they, the family. Go through the family. Aaron, how can a blended family couple keep their relationship strong even when the kids aren't getting along? I mean, this is going to happen, so what do we do? It it's absolutely is going to happen, and it's so important to continually remind each other, like, hey, we're in this together. I've got your back. We're teammates. And so I would say it's important to step away from the kids bickering, because they will, step away and have, you know, honest conversations about this is what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? Remember, we're on the same team. And, you know, I know my child the best, you know, your child the best. What are their roles? What are our roles? What do we want the outcome to be? And so just navigating it together and really dissecting it at that level. But then as well, there's an opportunity to honor your marriage And, you know, it says in scripture, marriage should be honored by all, that we continue to see the idea of, remember, our marriage is the most important thing here. Hmm. That this is, I love how Greg will often say it, that we are the sun, you are the planets. Still, even with this new marriage, this blended family occurring, we are still the sun, you are the planets. And, you know, just continuing to have that ongoing conversation and navigating it, go in and talk to a licensed Christian counselor. I have lots of blended couples that come in, blended family couples that come in, and we navigate that in a safe place that they both can hear yeah. each other. And in so many ways, I know it's painful, but I also want to normalize that that will happen in the process of this new thing forming. Well, Focus on the Family wants to be a resource to you, and we have so much good help here at the ministry. Um, first would be our counseling team. If you need to lean on somebody, but you don't have someone in your corner uh, that you feel safe with or comfortable with, give us a call. We have a network of caring Christian counselors, and we'd be happy to make a referral to somebody in your area. Um, we also have books um, like the one by Ron Deal and Gary Chapman called Building Love Together in Blended Families, which uh, is an excellent resource, a great tool. Uh, It's going to be one of those go-to books, and uh, you'll find details about how to donate and get your copy today uh, in the show notes. And for the entire conversation with Ron Deal and Dr. Chapman, we've got a free link in the episode notes. It's two parts long. It has a lot of great wisdom for your marriage and adjusting as a blended family. Well, next time, a powerful conversation with Rosie McKinney as she talks about recovering from a pornography addiction. For now, on behalf of the Smallies and the entire team, 
I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.